You're with Julian on the Brown Notes and a review finally of The Matrix Resurrections. The first Matrix was a landmark in sci-fi, but for someone like me with my political leanings, one of the great allegories in science fiction history. In the modern era with um, the Wachowski brothers becoming the Wachowski sisters, um, and the modern iteration that the, the the Matrix was an allegory for becoming a trans person, which is a very effective one because of the whole notion that you're living in a false reality. And, you know, you, you can carry on as you are or you can take the pill and become something else and see the world as it really is and so on. But I don't buy it. I mean, I do buy it that it is an allegory, but the main allegory for me is about the society in which we live. And I don't think there have been many better science fiction allegories than the first Matrix film, and that was its power for me. It was incredibly perfect. The idea that we're it was a it was a proto Fight Club idea of you know it's all buying into this fabricated version of what we should care about in society and and, and what we work for and what our endeavours are, are are doing and and what our hopes and dreams are and how everything is, is is this fabricated version of the world and you become this superhuman when you see through it. Uh, I found it very profound on that level that, you know, Neo's powers would amplify the more he could see through the constructs of society. And, you know, he was working in an office in a cubicle and the further he got away from this, uh, it freed him into, and, and you can apply that allegory to a lot of things, but it seemed in Western society to be a very strong allegory. It was also a pretty good looking film. Um, and um, the subsequent two films didn't, they were both very successful at the box office. And the Wachowskis have pointed that out. They actually, one of the few trilogies that increased their box office with each subsequent film which wasn't commonplace for original concepts. It was an original concept in this modern era of adaptions. Um, so it was an amazing film, but the, the two films that followed it, two I thought had a very strong concept. The problem I had was that the concept was complete at the end of Matrix 1. The whole thing had been completed. So what happened after that? was it kind of it kind of weakened that first film a little bit in the fact that it didn't need anything added to it but i do think the second film was valid with this notion that you know that these things happen over and over again uh, and i like that side of it three was generally regarded as the worst of the bunch it all got um it all got too much like one agent smith was super powerful and intense in the first film a hundred neos versus a hundred or a hundred agent smiths versus neo it's uh, it just became a bit uh, reductive um so i enjoyed the films but yeah it was they were just not in the same league and they weren't as satisfying in three kind of wound it down um very sort of hunger gamesy i thought at the end of that one really so they've come back after an enormous gap, and it's not surprising that they've done so with um, The Matrix Resurrections. Now, people are paying out on how reverential towards the previous trilogy this is. In its, um, So you open with um, Neo, who had essentially died at the end of the third Matrix film. He'd gone to, to, to save the last remnants of humanity that lived deep in the Earth, from an attack by the machine Skynet style that had, had taken over humanity long ago. 
and he was the one that saw that the world that we live in is all uh, a, a mental projection and that we're actually in pods and we're providing electricity for these machines to exist and they're projecting this cgi version of, of the world that they think we want in order for us to continue producing electricity for them and at the end of the third one he was essentially dead and so was trinity his love interest um played well we've got keanu reeves and carrie ann moss and they're the two big holdovers from the original trilogy rightly so they were by far the most in interesting characters in in the films so this time we start with neo is back working in an office uh he looks a lot older and he's designed video games but he's designed the well-beating video game the matrix now i really like the first third of this film because people are saying it's too reflective of the past of the matrix and too reverential towards it but i think if any film wants to meddle with its own past and wants to look back on its own past the matrix is the one that deserves to have this view because the matrix is the one where it's saying that this you know that everything is a construct they go through over and over again about how like at the start neo has made this matrix game years ago that's been a huge success and the the owners of the game company are going to force him to do a sequel and come back and revisit this turf that he said he'd never go back to which is obviously about the film itself but if you're talking about uh, the the matrix and its storyline that is fitting with the whole notion of those three films it it really does deserve it's the one place that it, that can happen without you know where you get these sequels that are years later and they just mention bits that happened in the previous films as though it's a joke here i thought that that was valid because it was touching on the notions of the original films to do that and um, Neo's been led to believe that he is mentally ill and that he basically had a mental breakdown and believed all the stuff that happened in the Matrix and then turned that into these world-beating video games. And now he's being dragged back into this world that he doesn't believe anymore. And I thought that was really valid for, 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 the, for the original concepts and the way it played out. To go down this road of this sequel to a video game from years ago and that he no longer believed anything that happened and had turned it into a video game uh, and that uh, he was now it was drumming up all the elements of the past well the elements of the past do come back to him because the people on the other side of the fence once again come to rescue him from this false reality that he now believes in again um and that and that's essentially the you know the plot of the film is that there are these newbies that are occupying the space of people like um, Lawrence Fishburne in the original, where they're the ones that are in the real world and they've come back to rescue Neo from his pod. And again, it, and it doesn't vary too much from a, a version of that original film where um, morpheus has come to rescue him he's got his band of merry travelers on a ship and they come and rescue keanu from his pod and wake him up to the fact that actually you weren't mentally ill all of that stuff really happened but it's essentially a similar sort of plot line but i really like the whole sort of notion of how much the film engages with 
its own reality. The, you know, the fact that the the company Warner Brothers or whoever it was were making them to basically you're going to do this sequel or someone else is going to do it. And only one of the Wachowskis uh, came in to be a director on this one as well. Um, they've had a very spotty period um, of post the Matrix, but. One thing I'll always say about Wachowski films is I've always celebrated them because they've always had really strong concepts and themes. And um, Cloud Atlas is one of my favourite films of the decade. I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. One of the most ambitious, flawed, but ambitious and brilliant films of this century for me. And the whole concept of, you know, a ripple in time of someone doing an act you know, in the 1700s, inspiring someone in the 1800s to do something, which inspires someone in the 1900s to do something, and the different impacts those acts have. Even something trash like Jupiter Ascending, I thought the concepts were so strong, the idea of if someone 10,000 years ago has the exact exact DNA as you, are they you? What What is you? And the fact that, you know, they, they're the DNA being passed down was the important thing, not the person. You know, this is getting into the selfish gene angle. I thought that was a really high concept for a sci-fi film again. Um, even though there was, you know, a lacklustre finished product, um, I still really like the concepts in their films. And, and in this one, I did like the concepts as well. I loved the um, the whole Neo was mad sort of scenario. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool, actually. Um, and now they move back to this um, new version of um, the sort of where all the humans live underground. It's become this big city. And one of the important elements and one of the ones that's the most Wachowski and the most woke in the modern era but really works is the fact that the us and them has changed. So the, the us and them in the old one was the, the humans that were awake, ironic term in the, in the modern in the modern era that they would wake uh, and be woke. Um, but now it's not just humans against machines, it's some humans and some machines are on the same side. And I thought that worked quite well. So um, the impact of Neo in the third film was that the machines started fighting each other. And now that some of them have gone over to the human side. And I feel that was another strong concept as well. Um, they make a big thing about how it's nothing to do with the allegories, it's bullet time. Which again, I thought was a pretty you know strong concept because you have people arguing that the new computer game should be all about the effects and so on. So the visuals here were in, in the main really good. I don't know if there was anything that was iconic or groundbreaking like the first film, but I thought in general, I thought it looked really good. Um, standout things for me Keanu Reeves acting here is really good he's much better actor now than he was uh in the first film where he was a great character but a bit of a hammy actor I thought his hangdog and genuinely he convinced me that he was genuinely on the verge of madness um particularly in the earlier scenes Carrie Ann Moss I thought was really good in this the one thing I will say is that I didn't really rate the newbies if they were unheard of actors um, and they were playing the replacement for Morpheus's gang. I just thought they were unmemorable. Uh, could be in any um, adult. See, what was the one I saw the other night? Like in the Maze Runner, in the um, Divergent sort of landscape. Well, weren't really that interesting. But the two that were interesting were the 
Guy that played Agent Smith, Jonathan Groff, I thought he was good. I thought that that story arc was reasonable. And particularly Neil Patrick Harris as the analyst, I thought his character was really good as well. So he's the guy that basically foments the entirety of the Matrix as a computer system and that everyone sees. And he, rather cruelly, is neo-psychiatrist. So he's just like convincing neo that neo is mad and that none of the stuff happened but he is actually the architect of the entire system i liked all of that um the the first third i thought was really strong i thought the last third wasn't and i would have said that about the second and third matrixes where there's just too much reliance on battles and one thing that um i i didn't like in the second and third films is this, the, the numerical volume of the people involved becomes overwhelming and reductive. There's just so many people flying at the screen that I really liked when they had a lesser budget for the first Matrix film and you were concentrating on a much smaller pool of people fighting. And after a while, when the, you know, the second hundredth person flies across the screen, it's a little bit reductive. And there were a couple of moments that were just beyond silly. There's a bit where... Um, neo's hanging in the air which i laughed out loud at it was just like it was from an outtake and i don't know why it's in the finished film um so it, i didn't think it was a bad film i certainly agree with them um film studios well streaming studios now are destroying cinema there's now a court case same as with black widow scarlett johansson that they use this marquee tempo film to drum up a subscriber base just before Christmas. It was supposed to come out in the cinema in March. It came out for, I think, a week in the cinema, or maybe it was even the same day it was released on streaming. Now, this is true. People are saying that it's not that good a film, so it, it didn't. that's what killed it at the box office. That's rubbish. There are some terrible films that do great box office. It's got nothing to do with that. It's the fact that once it's on streaming... It's on pirate sites and you can download a DVD quality copy the same day it's out in the cinema. It does. You can look at the numbers for Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow and the couple of weeks it was in the cinema versus a couple of weeks that streaming started launching it. And it just, it had a record, it had almost a record opening week and then a record drop, I think, when it went on to streaming. So I think they've got every leg to stand on. This is a serious thing. They were looking at relaunching this as a franchise. It is now being killed by its terrible box office because a company wanted to use it to drum up subscribers for their streaming service, and which killed probably the, any chance of a sequel. So I do think these are real problems. Anyway, <clears throat> I thought it was worth your time. Um, I don't. I, I like the soulful, the increased soulfulness of Carrie Ann Moss, and, and particularly, I thought an excellent Keanu Reeves in this. I thought the first third threw out wonderful ideas and I didn't think it was terrible at any point. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, not particularly strong, but I am better than you've been led to believe. So The Matrix Resurrection, is that the right term? Uh, I would say a strong-ish, a, a reasonably strong 7 out of 10.